It is Tuesday, September 20th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Monday Night Football wrapped up week two in the NFL. Did we see the eventual Super Bowl champions in action last night? We'll have all the reactions and overreactions to this weekend's NFL card. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. Welcome into Straight Out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Bills dominate the Titans 41-7 to on Monday Night Football. Are the Eagles legit Super Bowl contenders? And what are all the reactions and overreactions to the rest of Week 2? So, the Vegas lead, AJ. We got to start with Monday Night Football. Which Monday Night Football? We've got <laughs> double game. By the way, double East Coast games. Why? Yeah. What are we doing? Same time. What are we doing? Give us... One East Coast game that starts early, mm-hmm. one West Coast game that starts late. It's not hard. I've always said they should do it every single year, or I mean every single week. I would love two Monday night games. I'm not opposed week. to that, but it's got to be one East Coast game Correct. and one West Coast game. This is what, what they did tonight was dumb because you couldn't watch the full game of, of both games. But it didn't matter because you didn't have to watch the second half of the Bills. You didn't have to watch the second half of either game, let's face it. Well, there was times where the Eagles tried to put the game away, but then they, you know, and the then Vikings Kirk Cousins come back and thought that, yeah, some, the, the, you know, somebody on the green team was on his team. It was very <laughs> and, odd. And I kept on tweeting out, "There's this Eagles over just doesn't want to hit right because the score, the score at the half looked like this game was going over. So the Eagles win twenty four seven, and it was twenty four seven at the half. There was no points scored." In the second half, that's a bad beat. Well, if there you were, had the over. There were no points scored in the fourth quarter of the Buffalo Tennessee game. That's because no starters played in that game. Uh, Case Keenum and Malik Willis quarterbacked the fourth quarter of that game and combined for one of six, six yards. Mm. Uh, so yeah, lots of lots of uh, fireworks in the fourth quarter of that game. Let's start with Buffalo though, forty-one-seven, and this is a game at the end of the first quarter. 7-7. Felt like, oh, here, here we go again. The Titans, who seem to be a tough matchup for Buffalo the last couple of years, everybody at the end of the first quarter who had a plus 10 ticket in their hand was probably feeling really good. That didn't last long as the Bills run away. And I, here's my question to you, Scott. If this Tennessee Titan team, this team that was the one seed in the AFC last year, mm-hmm. This team that's given the Bills the most trouble over the last couple of years looks like, oh, this bruising style, this ball control, this is what's going to beat Buffalo. This is where Buffalo can't get over that hump. If the Bills dog stomp that Titans team, what's the answer? What's the answer to the Bills riddle? Like, who beats them? I, I don't if they're doing this answer. to Tennessee, yeah. what? Who's the who's the hero to come and save everyone? From this juggernaut. I don't think there is anybody because the Bills came into this game as the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl. Nothing has changed except their odds got a little bit shorter. Fez said at Westgate they they were plus 450 before the game. Mm-hmm. At the end of the games tonight, the Bills were plus 250 to win the Super Bowl. I can't argue with that. 
There's nobody right now, especially in the AFC, and maybe it's the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs have looked pretty good so far. They've looked good, but there's no one Although they won a coin flip game this week. There's no one on the Buffalo Bills level. And I know it's been two weeks, and yes, this could be considered an overreaction, but we know how good this team was last year. They were 13 seconds away from beating the Kansas City Chiefs. If they don't, if they pooch kick the kickoff, you know, squib kick it, they're advancing and they're probably going to win the Super Bowl. But this team, on a mission from last year's upsetting loss, to do what they've done through two weeks and to do it to a team. First of all, the defending champs and the Rams in week one, and then to a Titans team that you mentioned it was a thorn in their sides last season. That was darn impressive. And for them to have shorter odds to win the Super Bowl makes sense. For Josh Allen to now have shorter odds to be the MVP makes sense because the dude balled out last night. Zach Moss in the backfield. Allen zips it to digs on a slant. And it's a touchdown, Buffalo, his third of the night. Stephon Diggs took what was like a 90-mile-an-hour fastball off his shoulder pad just south of the Essen Bills and into the end zone. It's 33-7, to Buffalo. That was the call on Westwood 1. 72-17. to That is the Bills' scoring margin. They finally punted. Two games. Yeah, they punted. The, the first punt of the season... Titans muffed it. <laughs> oh, Bills recover. They just go down and score again. It's just, I mean, if if the Bills aren't going to do it to them, the Titans were doing it to themselves tonight. One of the more alarming numbers, yards per play in this game, mm-hmm. Titans 3.5, Bills 6.4. You can make a legitimate case that the Bills have the best defense and the best offense in the NFL right now. Yeah, Von Miller just adds so much to this defense that was already a pretty stout defensive front and pass rush. Now the Bills go to Miami for week three, and that's one of our other overreactions because of how great Tua and the Dolphins looked in that comeback win against the Baltimore Ravens. I had Ravens money line, thank you very much. They were up three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, but we're not going to get into that right now. You guys know what happened. You saw it. Bills minus five and a half on the road. Do you think that line moves? Yeah. And it's already moved. In favor of the Bills, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to end up being six and a half probably. And listen, you said, I'll take that number. Good luck. You've got bigger balls than me. I want nothing to do with getting in front of this freight train. They are a team who's clearly pissed off after the way last season ended. And you can't blame them. I, like if 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 your season ends like theirs did, mm-hmm. and you've got the kind of talent that they've got, this season should be an fu tour. Like we're and it, I'm talking, we're going out and we're stomping everybody out. And listen, what the Dolphins have done so far is impressive. I, I don't I don't think there's really any way around it. But the Dolphins have not seen. I, well, I'll say they have. I mean, they haven't seen an offense or a defense. No, like what they're going to see. No, and, and it's nice. You know, the Patriots' offense did absolutely nothing, and the Bills or the excuse me, the uh, the Ravens' defense just fell asleep in the second half. 
this is a, a different situation where I think we're going to see two under pressure. That's and that's the thing because that's what I'm most curious about seeing. The, the strength of this Dolphins team that we've seen through two weeks has been the speed of their receivers. Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill are a nightmare to guard. And if Tua has any time, those guys are going to get open. But if Tua's under pressure, and I think the Bills will make sure that he's under pressure, there's not going to be enough time for those guys to get open. So that's probably the most intriguing matchup. But rightfully so the bills are favored on the road they are the best team in the nfl there's no question about it here's what's going to happen if the bills keep winning and we get through week seven and the bills are seven and oh people are going to start talking about an undefeated season which is absurd have to play the chiefs and the packers that's all the vikings that's up to week seven and oh so you're saying they get by the chiefs if they, they beat get the by chiefs the packers. they beat the packers they're seven and oh and then it's Jets, Vikings at home, Browns at Lions, at Patriots, Jets again, Dolphins again at home, mm-hmm. at Bears, at Bengals, home Patriots. I mean, they're favored in every game. They're favored in every game. It just and, comes and down you know to what? will they will they rest guys at the end of the year? I'm not. I, I'll I'll be honest. If they end up if they're at five and zero, and they're playing the way they've played so far, it's it's not inconceivable that they'd be a pick at the Chiefs. Maybe even uh, they could potentially be favored at the Chiefs. Uh, so I'm going to give you the bet right now because up on DraftKings, you can do it. Will a team go 17-0 this season? <laughs> What's the, the line? yes is plus 900. Oh, wow. Listen, I think it's so hard to do it. I, 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 I'm not going to go there, but I, people will certainly be talking about it. Once and they get past, well, then those odds, are not, get, those odds aren't going to be there once they get there. Listen, what else is there to say about this team? Uh, it, like you said, at the Dolphins next. It, the, here's what I've heard about the Dolphins this week. There's a soccer game at Hard Rock Stadium. Then Miami play, the Miami Hurricanes play at home. Are you worried about the turf? Is this what you're worried about, the field conditions? It, well, it's supposed to be raining all week. So sl- mud. So the, like this, this field could just be a that's disaster. Not condu- that's not conducive to the Dolphins. Dolphins need a fast track. They'd prefer one. Yeah. You know, and we'll we'll get into Tua a little bit later on when we get to reactions and overreactions. And I, I want to talk about how Tua's looked so far. So we'll save, we'll table that for now. But it's going to be an interesting discussion, interesting matchup between Josh Allen and Tua. So again, the Bills, big winners tonight, 41 to 7 over Tennessee. They are 2 0. They are the runaway. Super Bowl favorites. Oh, I, I like money. All right, that wasn't the only game. I know you're high on the Eagles. So high. I bet you, that 22 to 1. You're to as high as any. You might be as high on the Eagles as Some I am on the Bills. Some people say I am high when I said that. So here's my question to you. And you, clearly you think the the Eagles are Super Bowl contenders. I can't say that I, I, I want to argue with it. But they weren't last year. They made well, they the playoffs playoff team last year. They were the playoff team. The Steelers were a playoff team. The Raiders were a playoff team. There's a lot of playoff teams that aren't contenders. We can agree with that, right? Fair. The Eagles and they got demolished by the Bucks in the first round. The Eagles were in that group of teams that made the playoffs because someone from that division has to make the playoffs every year. Like that's the rules of the game. Like it, they didn't win the division. They were a wild card team. Okay, okay, you're right. It felt like they weren't ever a serious threat. Not this year, no. this year, 
If you're talking about teams that could win it out of the NFC, I didn't think of the Eagles like this at the beginning of the season. I think after tonight, you may have to start thinking about them that way. I don't think there's a question, AJ. Let me ask you right now. Name me a team in the NFC that through the first two weeks of the season looks better than the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't think that there is one. There is not one. The only 2-0 and teams that are in the NFC, the New York football giants, and <laughs> they are not as good as the Eagles, and the Tampa Bay Bucks. And do not tell me that the Bucks look better than the Eagles right now. You can't say that. So but you Eagles, can say that they've got the pedigree and the resume and a quarterback sure, that you can count sure, on. Sure, sure. Same thing with the Packers. You can say that, sure. too. But, you know, we can't take too much stock in them beating the Bears. I think you also have to start taking the 49ers seriously. <laughs> well, that will <laughs> we'll get Trust to. me, we'll get to that. But no one looks better than the Philadelphia Eagles I, I right can't now. argue it. And this is a team that was a playoff team last year. Say what you will, they were still a playoff team last year, and they got so much better in the offseason. They did well through the draft, and they did well in free agency as well. Uh, first of all, the trade of A.J. Brown, for we can't understate the importance of that, but then signing Hassan Reddick with a couple other signings as well. They really improved on the defensive side of the football. And Nick Sirianni, we, we, have, to, we have to acknowledge that growing and learning on the job during your first year and having that experience of taking a team to the postseason and now evolving in year two, that's important. We've seen coaches have incredible success early on with teams. Do you realize that of the the last 14 Super Bowls, 10 of them, have featured a coach within his first three years with a team. Five of those ten That's unbelievable. were in the second year with their team. You had Mike Tomlin in 2008, second year with the Steelers. Jim Harbaugh, second year with the 49ers. Dan Quinn, second year with the Falcons. Doug Peterson in his second year with the Eagles. And Bruce Arians in his second year with the Bucks. We can put an asterisk next to Bruce Arians because it wasn't a first-time head coach situation, but it was still his second year with the team. Then you had three coaches that were in their third year with the team. Two coaches made the Super Bowl that were in their first year coaching with the team. So it's not out of the realm of possibility to think that Nick Sirianni in his second year as an NFL head coach could take a team to the Super Bowl. It's not crazy to think about, and they looked incredible tonight. Uh, listen, this was not a competitive game, 24-7. to The Eagles, Eagles win. The Vikings had their chances. This is what's weird. L- last week, a week ago, we were thinking, man, the Vikings, who were a bad defensive team a year ago, they played so well defensively against the Packers last week. Mm-hmm. And it was like, if that's their defense, they're legit. I don't. I, I don't know. What what is their defense? Is it last week or is it this week? I don't know because it's a, if it's this, I'm much less high on the Vikings than I was. The defense did hold the Eagles scoreless in the second half. Okay, uh, give them some credit. But the Kirk offense Cousins just turned the football over, and oh. it, what it was was primetime Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is now two and ten on Monday Night Football. Irv, ATS. Irv Smith that? has a. Touchdown that is he dro- as why, sure why a thing open. as a sure yep. thing mm-hmm. drops it. If if he makes that catch, it's it could be a different game. Patrick Peterson blocks a field goal that could have completely changed. If the they game. actually run it back for a touchdown instead of getting tackled, well, yeah, not just that. 
the very, I mean, the, the next thing that happens, Kirk Cousins throws it away to the other team. Well, that's what I'm saying. They they picked up the blocked field goal and they ran it back, but they got tackled by the holder. If they don't, if they return that all the way to the house, it's a completely different game. And Adam Thielen, I don't know if he was inactive tonight, <laughs> yeah. uh, but two he catches was, late in the fourth quarter. That he was, was yeah. not a part of the game plan, certainly. Uh, so this was one of those where, like you mentioned, but can this, we acknowledge also the job that Darius Slay did defending? Arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL, and Justin Jefferson. I, I mean, I think you, you have to. And, and, and w- Kirk Cousins tried to throw it to him more than he did to Jefferson. Did, <laughs> did the Eagles now show the blueprint on how to beat this Vikings team? And maybe it's not like a, a big secret. Obviously, if you shut down Justin Jefferson, you take away the big number one option. Oh, if Kirk Cousins turns Kirk the ball Cousins. over over and over again, yeah, you shut him down. It's that's his, I think that's about the simplest thing you can you can do. Uh, you make Kirk Cousins bad, Kirk Cousins. You're gonna you're gonna do pretty well against them. Their upcoming schedule: they've got the Lions this week at home, and then they're at the Saints, and then then home to the Bears. The Eagles, your your Philadelphia Eagles. Does that feel weird as a Giants fan? To a I'm not even a Giants fan, so I don't care. Oh, you're a Giants fan. Trust me. Uh, just because I picked them in the first two no, weeks, by I, the way. I, two and oh, two and oh, straight up two and oh, ATS. Just just so you know. The Eagles, though, we talk about teams who have a, a. After the Eagles almost blew it last week to the Lions. Yeah. Now they're in a catbird seat where they're they the, they can the get fourth, off to a really good start. They're the fourth favorite now, I believe, to win the Super Bowl. Wins their next loss at Washington this week. Jags, at Cardinals, Cowboys, Steelers, at Texans, home Washington, at Colts. All right, pause there. Are they favorites in Arizona on October 9th? I think if they are five, if they're four and zero, I think they are. Okay, at the Colts, depending on how good or bad the Colts are yeah, at that point, that's a tough one. The Colts could be favored in that game. So we're saying the Eagles will be favored in their first, what, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games yeah. they're going to be favored in? And the first time they're going to be an underdog all season is going to be at the Colts on the 20th? But I'll be honest, though, the, that game and the game after it, which is a home game against the Packers, if you get through those games, you get to the rest of their schedule, Titans, Giants, Bears, Cowboys, Saints, Giants. Like, this Eagles team has a schedule that should let them, and obviously things change over the course of the season. But sure. This this Eagles team has a lot more potential than I thought they did. And if you have an Eagles win total under in your pocket, I'm sorry. That is not going to work. Only like, way is to go <laughs> over. That's why I made that bet with Fez. That's why, I made, you know, it's because I believe in the Eagles and I believe in this team. In fact, in all of our drafts on the Dream Pod. I have the Eagles in all of them. I took the Eagles in our uh, regular team draft, and I took the Eagles in our auction team draft because so, I believe in this team. So where did you say they are in the Super Bowl odds now? They are the second favorite in the NFC behind the Tampa Bay Bucks, and they are the fourth favorite overall. So it's Bills, Chiefs, Bucks, and then Eagles. Is that overreaction to yes. a loss by the Packers, a loss by the Rams? Yeah, like, well, are, th- those odds, are, they're all very close. Okay. I think it's in the next tier. So you can say the first tier is – the Bills by themselves. <laughs> then it's Chiefs and Bucks. Okay. And then Eagles, Packers, Rams. Okay. That seems fair to me. And it, you know what? If I didn't believe it before tonight, I believe it now. I wanted to bet the Vikings tonight. Literally every sharp person that I know was like, no, 
you're wrong on this one. And I said, okay, then I, I'll just I'll sit back and watch. And I was wrong. I, I, the Vikings were, they were not what I thought they were. Come on board, AJ. There's plenty of room on this Eagles train, and you can start to acknowledge that they are, in fact, legit Super Bowl contenders. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles! We teased Tua earlier when we talked about the potential matchup. Well, not the potential matchup. We talked about the matchup this coming Sunday between the Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. That's one of the overreactions here, or just maybe a standard reaction to what we saw in week two on Sunday, that the Dolphins with Tua are a legit football team. I saw something really interesting online, and, and I, I, loved, I, I love to give credit to people on Twitter, so I do apologize that I don't know the person who tweeted this out. But it's not just one person. It's multiple people have tweeted this out. Perhaps the negative perception around Tua has to do with the fact that we're not, and I say we as a collective people, are not used to seeing left-handed quarterbacks. And what this person on Twitter did was invert the video highlights saw this. from the Ravens game. So everything is inverted in the video. It looks like Tua is a righty. And when you watch him drop back and pass, it looked normal. It looked good. I, I watched the video of him inverted as a righty, and I didn't think to myself, boy, his mechanics are shaky. Boy, he throws a bad ball. It was normal. And I think it's because our brains you're are You're a so, handist. Our brains are so, yeah, I'm, 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 you're right. Yeah. I have right-hand bias. It's just we're all screwed up in the head that because he's a lefty, I think it opens him up to critique, and it doesn't look natural to us. We don't like Southpaw quarterbacks. I don't have a problem with it. I know it's like it, there's offensive linemen who don't like it. Uh, yeah, because everything's screwed up. The left tackle is supposed to protect the blind side, and now it's the right tackle that has to protect the blind side. I know Chris Sims used to come on my radio show, and he would say that uh, John Gruden didn't like that Sims was left-handed because he had to flip his playbook. And Sims was like, you knew I was left-handed. So when, spider two Y banana had to go to the other side? When you when you picked me, I was left-handed. That didn't like <laughs> I didn't just show up and say, hey, by the way, guys, all that film you saw was flipped by some guy on Twitter. No, you knew you were left-handed. Yeah, but it is funny. There's a lot of coaches who don't like it. A lot of I mean, I think there are people who legitimately wrote two, and I think Tua got written off by teams for several reasons. But I think one of them was they they prefer not to have a left-handed quarterback. I'll say this. Right now, the Dolphins look like they're smarter than all of us because a year ago we were saying, oh, Dolphins roster is really good, but it, there's a ceiling. There's a cap because no matter how good your defense is, no matter how good your, your O-line is, and then they go out and they get Tyreek Hill, and now you've got Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill, mm -hmm. which Jalen Waddell was already a good player last year. Don't let anyone pre like pretend like – Tyreek Hill unlocked something with him. He was already really good. He and Tua had great chemistry, obviously. But now there's there's two of those guys. Most teams can handle one of those guys. Most teams cannot handle two of those guys. And you saw this last week, Baltimore, who has one of the best secondaries in the league, could not handle both of those guys. So I, I think the Dolphins, who were under as much pressure as anyone to make a move at quarterback – are looking like they're smarter than all of us because they stuck to their guns. 
They didn't go give up their future for Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. They didn't pay a bunch of money to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo, who has a, a very defined ceiling. They, they said, this is the guy we believed in. We're going to see if he can do the job. And maybe and, Mike McDaniel knows what he's doing as a head coach. And through two weeks, it certainly looks like Tua knows how to do the job. So I I don't know where – I think most people had Tua as a bottom six quarterback, six to eight quarterback, bottom quarter of the league. I don't I, I don't think you can do that now. I think he – Tua right now – and again, it's two games. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> but through two games – Tua is at worst, at worst, an average quarterback in the NFL. He's the leading passer in the NFL right now, right? The top five is so absurd. Number five, Justin Herbert. Ah, makes sense. Yeah. Number four, Josh Allen. Yep, makes sense. Number three is Joe Flacco. (laughs) Number two is Carson Wentz. And number one is Tua. Can I interest you in 18 to 1 Tua to be the MVP? No, you cannot. (laughs) Uh, But I'll book it for you if you you want that. But I think what we do know right now is the Dolphins are smarter than us. To train the Dolphin, you must think like the Dolphin. You must be getting inside the Dolphin's head. As we praise Mike McDaniel for looking good after two weeks, I think that we have to acknowledge that Nathaniel Hackett might not be able to hack it. In the NFL. By the way, I'll see myself out after that yeah. terrible, terrible nice. pun. Uh, but honestly, there was a sequence of events here. <laughs> I, I know you saw this. It was a third down, and the Broncos ran a, what was it, a wide receiver running play? No, it was a, uh, a tight end. It was a tight end running play to a guy that has never had a carry in the NFL before in his career. And they get stopped. And on fourth down, they attempt a field goal. That field goal was good, but there was a penalty. So they got pushed back. It was a delay of game penalty off of a timeout. Yes, which is already a bad Uh, sign. Yeah. And so (laughs) as a result of that penalty, they punted the football away. Yeah. Even though we now know after last week that Nathaniel Hackett believes that field goal range is 64 yards. The field goal was it was from the it was fourth and two from the 36 yard line. Now let's do some math here. That's 46. That's 53. It's a 53 yard field goal. Yeah. Okay. Field goal. All right. 53. Look good. Guy has the leg to do it. No doubt. 64 is his range. We 64 is his range. And he's in altitude now. So we pushed him back five yards. So it's 53, 54, 55, 56, 58. It's what, 58? Yep. That's a 58-yarder. Is that less than 64? 60, yes. He's less in than range. 64. He's in range. <laughs> and he punted the football when they were trailing 9-6. So instead of attempting the game-tying field goal, he punted it away. To the Houston Texans. The defense saved them saved them because the Texans went three and out, and then the Broncos wound up scoring a touchdown after that. But still, that sequence of events was so bizarre. And after two weeks, maybe it's an overreaction. It doesn't look like this guy's an NFL head coach. Here's what I'll say. Well, Broncos fans, the patience is already running thin. 
they were counting down the play clock for him. Like when it would get under five, they'd be five. Like four, an NBA like, game. With yeah, them. letting him know, like, hey, coach, I hope you understand this yeah. is part of the game. They were out of timeouts with seven minutes and 38 seconds left to play in the game. They couldn't, They just couldn't get organized. Bad. Uh, they, they had to use a timeout because they didn't have a punt returner on the field in punt formation. They had 10 players on the field, no punt returner. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, we need that. Let's use the time. I mean, it's just a, it's a very, I don't want to say he's a dope. I don't know enough to know if he's just a dummy, but he does seem in over his head right now. And here's kind of my belief. If the Broncos had known fully that Aaron Rodgers wasn't an option, Mm -hmm. they don't hire Nathaniel Hackett. I think they, they hired Nathaniel Hackett because they thought, Hiring Nathaniel Hackett would increase the odds of getting Aaron Rodgers. And maybe it did, but now that they don't have Aaron Rodgers, yeah, Nathaniel Hackett ain't that guy. So Nathaniel Hackett has um, never been a head coach before, right? We know that. Never right. been a head coach before. His offensive coordinator is Josh Uten, <laughs> right? Josh, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Josh Uten has never been an offensive coordinator before. His defensive coordinator, and I don't know how to pronounce this, is Jairo Ivero. That sounds right. That's the defensive coordinator. He's never been a defensive coordinator before. This coaching staff has no experience in the jobs that they are doing. If you have a first-year head coach, you better get him somebody that knows what it takes to be a head. Get him an assistant head coach that knows what he's doing. Get him an offensive coordinator that's been an OC before. Get him a defensive coordinator that's been a DC before. This is an, this is a complete rookie coaching staff. No wonder they suck. Yeah, just a bad look right now for Denver. They were the Texans. The Broncos tried to hand that game to the Texans. The Texans refused to take it. Otherwise, there's panic in the streets in Denver right now. Had they lost, had they started the season losing to Seattle and Houston, we'd be we'd be talking about him. Is he going to make it through the year? I, I don't know, <laughs> uh, but they survive in advance. He's twenty to one right now. Nathaniel Hackett to be the first head coach fired. Now I don't think he's the first head coach fired, but there's a chance that this might be a one one year situation, which is very. It's not very Denver like. No, it's not Denver like at all. But and, and also, if he were the Raiders coach, he might be fired already. Let's acknowledge that there is an ownership change, right? So uh, everything going on there with the the, the Broncos ownership, with the the passing and whatnot. Um, Elway has had his uh, his trials and tribulations when it comes to picking a quarterback. It's funny you just said that they've got new ownership. It should be noted, they've got the wealthiest ownership in the NFL now. So if they were to make – Nathaniel Hackett's salary is not going to – it's not going to bust way into Walmart money. Mm. You're going to be okay. Like, yeah. that, that's, <laughs> that Walmart money can handle it. Yeah, it can. Um, th- yeah, this team is just <sighs> – speaking of the first head coach to be fired odds, Matt Rule is your favorite. 
first head coach fired. As he should be. 0-9 in their last nine, both straight up and ATS. Yeah, that's a terrible team. And he will be the first head coach hired because they're not going to start winning anytime soon. Your second favorite to be the first head coach fired, Frank Reich. Frank, you have to ask real questions. Like, the Colts, are they the most underperforming team in the last three years? Well, they they have a different quarterback every year, so. And, well, okay, so you've got this quarterback whisperer, Frank Reich, Uh who's now, I mean, it's not over this season, but this would be three years in a row he's failed with three different quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. At some point, that's the quarterback whisperer's fault. You know, if you're the guy who's supposed to build up the quarterbacks and you keep getting new ones and you can't do it, at some point you have to say, okay, maybe this guy's not what we thought he was. Uh, Colts seven-point dogs to the Chiefs on Sunday. Mm. At home. Wow, that's a big number. That's embarrassing. It is embarrassing, considering we thought they were a clear clear favorite in the AFC South. I don't know know what happens in the AFC AFC South. The Colts and Titans are 0-2. <laughs> Our pets' heads are falling off. Uh, it's insane. Okay, just calm down. Let's talk about the San Francisco 49ers. Is it an overreaction to say the 49ers are more of a Super Bowl contender now than they were a week ago it, before Trey Lance had Not a an overreaction, ankle? and it's not insensitive to say it. Okay. The 49ers are better off with Jimmy Garoppolo. Listen, I, you never want to see anybody get hurt. It sucks that not. Trey Lance got hurt. And Trey Lance, I do believe, for the long-term future of the 49ers, it would have been better to have him out there this year. I think the 49ers have a roster that's built to compete right now, mm-hmm. and Jimmy Garoppolo gives them a better chance to compete right now. I think we saw it on the field Sunday. Uh, Did you see that video clip of hit the teammates picking Jimmy up off the floor and celebrating yes. with him and – I bring this up just That's to That's what make, you do for a team captain. I bring this up to make a point. We talked about this on uh, the Dream Pod, or, or maybe we talked about it on SOV uh, a couple weeks ago before the season. They did not, the team, the players, did not vote Trey Lance a team captain. He was one of a very small handful of teams in the NFL where their starting quarterback was not named a captain. I think it's only three teams, right, that the starting quarterback was not named a captain. I think so. And Trey Lance was not named a captain. The reaction of the team, and I feel bad for the guy. He's going to be a good quarterback. I, I believe that. But the way that this team responded and and the way that those players looked when Jimmy Garoppolo was on the field, that's their leader, man. That is their guy. I think what's crazy is the, the 49ers, they may be at a spot where they have to just say, this thing didn't work out with Trey Lance. We've got to move on from this, which is insane to think about when you think of all the investments they had in him. But Trey Lance now is going to be, in his last five years of life, he will have played one season of football. One season. He played a season of football, then COVID hit, Mm -hmm. and then he didn't play. Yep. And then he sat out most of last year. Now he's going to sit out this year. Yep. That's one season in five calendar years where he's been a full-time football player. I think Colin Kaepernick's played more football. I mean, you might be right. <laughs> Joe Flacco has. Like, yeah. that, that's crazy to think about. So if, if that's like at some point you just have to say, you know what, we blew it here. And it, I'll say this, if Jimmy Garoppolo has the kind of success 
with this team that he had last year. They're in the NFC Championship again. I think the 49ers make a business decision to, to move on and just cut their losses, which are extreme. Yeah. There's no doubt. But it would not surprise me if this is the last we see of Jimmy uh, of Trey Lance as a 49er. 49ers plus 150 to win the NFC West, the second favorite behind the Rams. You taking it? Uh I still like the Rams. I, I think the Ram I think the Rams may be one of the most overreacted two teams because they got dog stomped by Buffalo, which I think we're going to see is going to happen to a lot of good teams. I'm not I'm not writing the Rams off just yet. Let me ask you this question. You're the 49ers GM. Somebody comes to you and says, hey, we'll give you a first-round pick for Trey yes. Lance. Immediately, Immediately. Right? I think you're right. Immediately. It, 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 There's, by the way, it's not going to happen. I don't think so either. No one's offering a first-round pick. I don't pick think so it. either. But think about this. You've given – I mean, you've used three first-round picks on the guy. You've, he's now quarterbacked, what, three, four games? If you can recoup anything, I think you have to do it. Power ratings-wise, 49ers elevated with Jimmy a- Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and we've seen them go from the line flipped against Denver this coming week. They went from dogs on the open to now a favorite against the Broncos. And now some of that has to do with Denver negativity. Yeah, but, certainly. But this is this has gone from what was it? I think it was plus two when it opened. It went it was a pick'em, then minus one. It's now minus a point and a half. By the time this thing closes, the 49ers could be two-point favorites or two-and-a-half-point favorites. This is a huge line movement. And a lot of it, yes, there's anti-Denver sentiment, like we just talked about with Nathaniel Hackett, but I think most of it is pro-Jimmy G. I agree. It's my quarterback. While we're talking about power ratings, <laughs> do we upgrade? And I, I know I laughed a little bit when I, when I started to have this seg- segment because I'm thinking about it in my head. Do we upgrade the New York Football Giants? I, I mean, the two and zero. They are two and zero, tied for first place. <laughs> New York Football Giants, uh, it, it, with a plus four margin. <laughs> so, they, but two and zero is two and zero. It's funny because it, it, the the win over the Titans almost it doesn't lessened. look as, doesn't look as good now because the Titans got blown out. Is yeah, that what you're saying? Yeah, blown out against the Bills. So, I, I mean, I. I don't know. I, I think the Giants are a good story. I Here was my belief coming into this season. I didn't know if Brian Dayball would be a good coach. I, I thought he would be. Mm-hmm. But his track record before he got with Josh Allen. And clearly the Bills have not skipped a beat. No, without. they're okay without Brian they're Dayball. They're okay, yeah. But I said, if Brian Dayball, if you, if you flip a coin, and half the time he's a good coach, half the time he's a bad coach, I think he's all, whatever he is, he he's probably 85 15 to be better than Joe Judge was. Yeah, so it obviously. was it was like even if he if he mostly stinks, he's probably still an upgrade. So I did think the Giants would be better. Did I think they'd be 2 and 0? No. Did by the way, their next two games, home games against the Cowboys, which they're favored in, and the Bears, which they will be favored in. If the Giants go 4-0, and maybe we have this conversation. Right now, I'm not ready to buy into them as much of anything. Or what are you thinking? Are you thinking they are now a, a, a playoff contender? Here's what I will say. <laughs> Teams that start the season 2-0 and since 1990 have made the playoffs 63% of the time. Wow. Well, 
and the Giants are in that position right now, starting the season 2-0. This is wild because th- their schedule is also very friendly. Well, we know it's the easiest schedule in the NFL. Now, the Eagles look better than we thought at the beginning of the season. Sure. You've got to play them twice, so let's leave that to the side. I mentioned Cowboys. Well, we know the Cowboys. We know the Commanders. The Bears, Jags, Seahawks, Texans, Lions are all on their schedule. And a game against the Colts. Who who knows what the Colts are now? So there's a lot of winnable games here. I still don't know if this is real. I still don't know if if Daniel Jones can keep, you know, winning these games that are coin flip games. Mm-hmm. And but let's face it, both these games so far have been coin flip games. Yeah, the 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 coin has landed heads for them twice, which is nice. Will it keep happening? I don't know. Would it shock me if they lost to the Cowboys this week? Absolutely not. So, are you on record saying the Giants are a playoff team? The odds to make the playoffs right now for the Giants, the yes is plus 110. The no is minus 140. But I just gave you the stats. So are 60, you yes? 63% of the teams that start 2-0 make the playoffs. Are you yes? I think that they have a 63% chance to make the playoffs, which if I had to bet it now at the plus 110, based on the odds, plus 110 indicates a lot less than 63%. So I'll take the yes at plus 110. There we go. You're betting it. I'm betting it. I'm, I mean, I don't I'm feel great you. about it. Well, you shouldn't feel I'm great. going with the odds, though. 63% of the teams that start 2 0 make the playoffs since 1990. And that's most of the time with that is with one less wild card. Now we have an that's extra true. wild card. Here's what I'll say this is the, of all the, the week two reactions slash overreactions, yeah. this is the first one we've disagreed on. What we'll do is we'll talk to Fez or RJ. We'll, we'll have one of them come in and break the tie. RJ's going to be against me because he picked the Panthers this weekend. Listen. And they, he didn't even like my Giants pick in week one. I know, but now, he, listen, RJ's a reasonable man. They, he, he goes against the I team hope twice. He I might hope say, he's hey. come around now because two weeks in a row, uh, on the Dream Preview, I gave out the Giants as one of my best bets for both weeks one and weeks two. They're both they're 2-0. and oh. We'll find out tomorrow what RJ thinks. There's a problem. You're not any good. I am good. Let's talk baseball. We saw something happen here on Monday night that we might not ever see again, AJ. Boy, that's a tease. (laughs) Max Scherzer (laughs) threw six perfect innings in his return from the I.L. 68 pitches. The Mets go on to win. They beat the Brewers, and they clinch a playoff spot. Congratulations. And no, that's not the thing that we might never see again, the Mets making the playoffs now. That might be. I mean, <laughs> be but no. It is pretty crazy. But Max Scherzer won his 200th game. And there's a couple of pitchers that are active right now that could still get to 200 and are likely to get to 200. Clayton Adam Kershaw is going to get to 200. And, Clayton, and Adam Wainwright. Adam Wainwright and Clayton Kershaw are the two guys that are very close. What's Kershaw at right now? He's like at 190-something? I'll pull it up. Like he's, he's very close. He's very close. I know Wainwright's like 195 or something like that. But Wainwright's 100 years old. So, yeah, I mean, and this is his last season probably. Yeah, so, so that's, maybe he doesn't get there. That's not uh, unreasonable, but Ker- Kershaw is close enough and has enough time. It's funny because 300 wins used to be like the gold standard. You got to 300 wins. Well, that wins. was a Hall of Fame thing, yeah. Now it's like you get to 200 wins. Well, I'll. I'm going to say this. I don't think we're ever after these pitchers, after Kershaw and Wainwright, and we all, just Sergers just got there. I don't think we're going to see a 200-win pitcher again. There are currently 
Now there are three active pitchers with 200 wins. Uh, Justin Verlander has 243. Mm-hmm. Zach Grinke has 223. Uh, this I think this is Zach Grinke's last year. If not, it should be. Yeah, it, uh, it probably is. Max Scherzer now has 200. Adam Wainwright, 195. Clayton Kershaw, 193. And Kershaw, Kershaw should be 194, I believe. Kershaw got the win last okay, night. Okay, so, so 194, and he's 34 years old. He's got enough. He's making it. He'll to get there. But after that, there's we're we're not gonna see it again. Maybe all right. Maybe Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole's 31 years old. He has 129 wins. If he pitches, let's say he has a Justin Verlander-like career, so we'll call it seven more years. Let's call it eight more years. Eight more years of his career. Conservatively, it's give him 10 wins. So 80 wins. That would get him there. He gets there. Yeah. And we all know there's going to be game, day, uh, years that he wins way more than 10 games. So, But how many guys are Justin Verlander? No, what, that pitched 17 years? Yeah. 18 years? And Verlander it, showed like, no at that level going down. Yeah, yeah. like Justin Verlander is the best pitcher in the league right now at 39 years old. Yeah. That it's a very rare mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost. It, I, well, we could be talking about 300 for Verlander. It's like uh, Nolan Ryan, Roger Clemens, Greg Maddox. Yeah. That might be it. Everybody else at age thirty nine. Everybody else is a bum. But but look at this list of active pitchers in terms of wins. The only like we're talking guys that are under the age of thirty five, right? Because I mean, how long are pitchers going to pitch now in the league? You got Steven Strasburg's thirty three years old. He's got one hundred and thirteen wins, and he can't stay healthy. Dallas Keuchel. I'm not even going to talk about Dallas Keuchel. He stinks. <laughs> Um, Sonny Gray is 32. He's got 90 wins. It's not even a conversation. Uh, Trevor Chris, Bauer. Chris Sale has 114 at 33. Yeah, no. This is what's. All J- these guys who Jacob are high DeGrom, on this list can't stay healthy. Jacob DeGrom's 34 years old. He has 82 wins. He's the best pitcher on the planet. Yeah. And he only has 82 career wins. That's wild. Which but, is one less than Trevor Bauer. Yeah. Who, who, who knows, who knows when he'll pitch again. Yeah. But he's another guy who, like, this, and this is the thing. Whether it's injury or, you know, obviously Trevor Bauer's situation is a little crazier, but there's something that comes up that keeps you from yeah. from getting to these kind of numbers, and that's just part of that's part of what makes it magical. I but, think if 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 you're a baseball fan, you have to cherish this and and acknowledge what you know Wainwright will hopefully event hopefully do. And he's 40 years old and he needs five more wins. What Kershaw will definitely do, because. I don't think we're going to see a 200-win pitcher ever again, and especially with the way that managers treat pitchers now. They just don't stay in the game well, they long Scherzer enough. after six perfect well, innings. Well, I mean, tonight, he, I he was first start back from the IL. It's extenuating circumstances. It's not the first time it's happened to him. Though. Yeah, of course, and, <laughs> and that's what's happening now in Major League Baseball is pitchers are going shorter and shorter outings. So I don't think that a guy's going to – be left in the game long enough. There's wins that'll be taken away. Bullpen stink, and we're never going to see a 200 win pitcher again. Couple other notes: Astros clinched the American League West. This is the fifth time in the last six years, and the one time that they didn't win the AL West was a COVID shortened season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they probably would have won the AL West. They were better than the A's because they beat them in the playoffs that year. It, but this Astros team. This is now six six straight years they've gone to the ALCS. They're the betting. They've got to be a betting favorite to do it again. They are the favorite to win the American League. Plus one seventy five to win the AL. Yankees plus two ten. 
you can talk all you want about banging trash cans or whatever. Mm-hmm. I know there's not a lot of people don't like the Astros because of that. This is a different team, different team, and different manager, and they're just as good. I yeah. mean, if if not better, it's really unbelievable uh, what they're doing. And they lost a major piece of this team in Correa. Yeah, and they're still good. Replaced him with a, an unknown, yeah. and it's worked out just fine. And your New York Mets clinch at least a playoff spot. Yeah. That congratulations. Now just hold off the Atlanta Braves for the division so I can cash my Mets to win the NL East ticket, uh, which looked great for a long time, but is now in a little bit of jeopardy. They have a one-game lead over the Atlanta Braves. You know, I was thinking about this. I love fading teams the day after they clinch. You know, they have a little champagne, a little celebration. Maybe they come out a little sluggish the next day. Can't do that with the Mets because still fighting for the still division. fighting for the division. But can we do it with the Astros? Here comes the look ahead. And we might as well start with those Astros. 6.40 Eastern time here on Tuesday. Astros take on the Rays in Tampa. The Rays are minus 130 with Shane McClanahan on the hill against Christian Javier. I'm going to fade the Astros here after the celebration last night of clinching the division. They got nothing to play for. I'm going with the Rays here in this spot. Make sense, AJ? It does make sense, and McClanahan's been so money. It's it's tough to – if Verlander was pitching – I, I wouldn't be on board with this, uh, but right here, I, I think you're on the right side. Let's run through the rest of the baseball schedule. There is a doubleheader in L.A. Diamondbacks and Dodgers. Game one is scheduled for, uh, looks like, 310 Eastern time. Zach Davies going up against Michael Grove. There's no line on both of these games just yet because when it comes to a doubleheader, the managers could decide to change the pitching matchups, and they could say, you know what? We know that Zach Davies is scheduled for game one. I'm going to push him back to game two. And they make all these decisions the day of. So we do have a day-night doubleheader in L.A. between the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. Red Sox take on the Reds. Brian Bayo gets the start for the Red Sox against Nick Lodolo for the Reds. Lodolo has been really good for Cincinnati. I don't hate Cincinnati as a home dog here or taking the over eight and a half because the Reds the best home over team in Major League Baseball. Cubs take on the Marlins. You got Pablo Lopez on the hill for Miami against Adrian Sampson for the Cubs. Miami minus 155. Blue Jays at the Phillies. Ross Stripling going up against Kyle Gibson. Toronto minus 120 on the road. Don't hate the Phillies as a home dog. Tigers are at the Orioles. Uh, Austin Voth on the hill for the Orioles. He's one of the better first five pitchers in all of Major League Baseball. Baltimore, a heavy favorite at minus 205, but maybe something about the Orioles in the first five innings. You know, the Tigers are the lowest scoring F5 team in Major League Baseball. So it could be something there. Pirates take on the Yankees. No pitcher uh, decided yet for the Pirates, but Nestor Cortez gets the start for the Yankees. Patrick Corbin for the Nationals against Charlie Morton for the Braves. Atlanta minus 335. Charlie F. and Morton. Right? 335, I mean, the only way you can bet this is Atlanta on the run line, if you're even dare to do that. But maybe against Patrick Corbin, you do, because that guy stinks. Boy, Washington stinks. That's gonna They're going to end up well over 100 losses. Yeah, they're 51 and 96 going into Tuesday. <laughs> uh, the aforementioned Mets, who just clinched a playoff spot, take on the Brewers. It's Carlos Carrasco against Aaron Ashby. No line out on that one just yet. The Angels take on the Rangers. Pablo Sandoval, or excuse me, Patrick Sandoval. <laughs> Pablo Sandoval, like the Kung Fu Panda, remember uh-huh. him? 
Patrick Sandoval gets the start for the Angels against Cole Reagans this, for the Rangers. This eight straight years, the Angels have failed to make the playoffs. Which is unbelievable when you have the talent that they have Crazy. in Mike Trout and now Shohei Otani. And and I don't want to get into a whole MVP argument between Otani and uh, Aaron Judge, but everyone wants to talk about whether it's most outstanding or most valuable. What's the definition of valuable, AJ? Right? Valuable means that if I remove you from your team, it is to the team's detriment. Sure. If I remove Shohei Otani from the Angels, they go from a bad team to a really bad to team. a really bad team. <laughs> if you remove Aaron Judge from the Yankees, they go from a division winner to a team that's not even in the playoffs. And if you think I'm just making this up, I'm not. You go go by war, wins above replacement. That's a stat. And what that means is how many wins are you worth? I don't believe you. Compared to the average Major League Baseball player. Aaron Judge leads all of Major League Baseball in war, 9.6. That means you replace him with any other player, an average Major League player, you have to take away 9.6 wins from the Yankees. If you do that, they are not a playoff team. That, my friend, is the definition of value. As we continue here, Dylan Cease takes on... But you're not uh, going to have that discussion. No, Dylan Cease gets the start for the White Sox against the Guardians and uh, Aaron Savale. Dylan Bundy on the hill for the Twins against Zach Greinke. The Twins are minus 130 on the road. Giants take on the Rockies in Colorado. Carlos Rodon against Kyle Freeland. Rodon and the Giants minus 160. The Mariners, uh, who snapped their losing streak, they are heavy favorites in Oakland against the A's. Minus 220. Luis Castillo for Seattle. J.P. Sears for the A's. And the Cardinals take on the Padres in San Diego. Adam Wainwright, five wins shy of 200, gets the start for the Cardinals. Mike Clevenger goes for the Padres. San Diego minus 120. Here's what else we're looking ahead to tonight. We're going to be recording our college football podcast. It'll be up on Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. So you can, uh, you'll can you get all our thoughts on the college football for the weekend. Of course, you'll get some of that here on this show as well during the week. Uh, but tomorrow we'll be making our decisions, who we're looking at for the contest. And, and what's important is having this show every day, we're going to be able to update people on changes to our contest Absolutely. Picks. And we've been doing that on Twitter for the first two weeks of the William Hill College Football Contest because, as we explained on the college pod, there's different games and different lines for the contest as opposed to what we talk about. And we don't have the contest lines until Wednesday, and we record the college pod on Tuesday. Yeah, so we'll have that. We'll give you our initial thoughts on the uh, college pod that will come out on Wednesday, and then, like like Scott said, we'll update you throughout the week. And we will get RJ's thoughts on the New York football Giants. Yes, break the tie. he is with me as the Giants are a postseason team, or if he is betting against me, do you think he'll he'll say something like, well, Scott, I'll give you even money that the Giants missed the playoffs. I think, even though it's plus one ten that they make the playoffs I and minus one forty that they missed the playoffs, that could very well be something that's said. Cockroach, cockroaches. <laughs> Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Straight Out of Vegas AM.